Hello, everyone, and welcome to another live broadcast from Truefire and PRS. Uh, you know, we've been running this road trip all, all month. Brian is back for our third and final deep dive into some cool PRS gear. Um, but I want to show you this landing page because we're, you know, no one has won anything yet. The drawing will be on June 1st and you can enter free of charge. Um, and all you have to do is they're showing you the landing page. Um, someone will post the link to that page. Actually underneath the video, you'll find all the links. We'll go over that in a minute. Um, but all you have to do is show up, click a button, boom, you earn entries. In addition, there's tons of other fun things you can do um, to earn additional entries. There's scavenger hunts, there's postcards you can send, there's some Zoom virtual backgrounds, um, all kinds of stuff. So you should be able to see on the screen right now the three PRS uh, prizes. Uh, we, in our first segment with Brian earlier in the month, we talked about the PRS Sunzera 20 watt combo amp. You guys flipped over that as did we. In our second segment, we talked about the S2 single cut 594 killer, just killer instrument. And today I've been really waiting on this one because I'm really anxious to get my hands on one of these. Uh, it's the PRS SE T60E acoustic guitar. Um, and uh, underneath that YouTube video, you're going to find links to PRS, links to this landing page. You know, jump on it, get some entries. You could be walking away with one of these three um, pieces of PRS gear. And with that, I have to say hello again to my friend, Brian. This is becoming a really welcome habit interacting with you, man. Yeah, it's a good time. I like it. I know. And every time we do this, um, I, like everybody else who views this, whether they view it live or on demand, is extremely jealous of your space there. That is your space. A lot of people think, oh, what is he in a store or something? No, nope, that's his joint. And he may uh, get to a store one day, depending on how long, you know. <laughs> yeah. And the common comment here uh, is uh, we all want to be on the list for your next garage sale. Right. Yeah. I don't even have a garage. <laughs> well, listen, tell us, uh, tell us all about what you're going to tell us all about today. All right, so uh, today, yeah, we'll be looking at the acoustics. I've got the T60E here, um, uh, which is actually the, the very model of PRS acoustic that I personally own, the, the one that I chose out of all the different models. Um, and um, the, uh, you know, but I'll mention, I'll talk about the different models, the names, what they mean, uh, some tonal differences. Uh, I believe on the PRS site, obviously there's demos of this guitar. I'll be playing it today, but... Um, you can also watch the, the demos on the site. And somewhere on there, there may be a demo where we A, B, a bunch of the guitars side by side. Mm -hmm. But um, we filmed all of the demos of all the SE acoustics that came out at the time, the, the, um, the 40, the 50, the 55, the 60, the 20, and I'll talk about those models. Um, we filmed them all at the same time. 
same mic, same setup in the same room. And at the very end of each video, I play the same little piece of music. So even though they're on separate videos, so as much as you can, you can try to get a very good representation of how each model sounds playing the same piece. So if you go and watch any of those videos and watch the very end of each one, and you can kind of hear how the 20 compares to the 30 or the, the 40 compares to the 50, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so trying to keep the playing field level from each one uh, to give you a, an idea of the differences. Um, so real quick, let me tell you, just give you an overview of the acoustic line, and then we'll get into what we've got today. Okay. Terrific. So uh, the main thing de in deciphering their names in the SE acoustics, they have uh, the, the prefix will either be A or T. Um, the A stands for angelus, which is the body shape, uh, the body design. It is the, uh, it, the all of the guitars are a, sh uh, the sh overall shape is not exactly like anything else. You can't really say it's like a traditional concert body or dreadnought or whatever. It's Paul's own design of the, the shape and dimensions. But the main difference between the A and the T, the Angelus and the Tonari, is the Angelus is cutaway, the Tonari is non-cutaway. Mm. Okay, that's all. So A is cutaway, T is not. Okay. So Angelus, Tonari. And they are both names that came from the uh, private stock acoustic guitar models. Um, Another thing that they all share in common with the private stock guitars, the you know the that start in the I don't know eight seven eight thousand dollar range and up, um, they use the exact same bracing system. So Paul uses this hybrid bracing system that is a a, a more traditional X brace in the center mm -hmm. of the guitar, and on the belly of the guitar is a fan brace, which is uh, much more common in the uh, like in the nylon string world. Um, Paul's belief in the way an acoustic guitar should act, he was, um, I think it was Torres, or there was some, like, um, Spanish builder from a century plus ago where, uh, uh, Paul found an acoustic guitar, this tiny little bodied acoustic guitar that he said was one of the loudest instruments that he had ever played. He couldn't believe it, just didn't make sense. This little tiny body that just was an absolute cannon and not, and it sounded wonderful. So he basically studied and measured that guitar as much as he could the bracing the type of wood one thing that he found is that acts in the sides were braced very tightly they're you know they are not meant to be as resonant it's all the top the top mm -hmm. is the speakers the soundboard and if, if i i think back to like my early days in the studio where i did you know i was you know learning about you know getting sounds and you know, I would pick up an acoustic and it would sound nice and big and full. And the moment I put it up and pulled it against my body, I lost all the low end mm. because so much low end was coming from the back or the back vibrating. But the mm. moment you hold it, like if I held it out like this, yeah. it was big and full. The moment you did that, it just choked it. And I used to have to record acoustic guitars sometimes like with the guitar in an uncomfortable spot away from my body because I didn't want to like kill any of the, the tone. So... The back and sides on these are pretty tight. So playing from here and coming out here, well, you're hearing a difference in the mic placement. But I'm not choking any low end from the back. Mm. But right here, if I push here, mm. you kill all the tone if you're pressing here. This is 
right now this is the where the the guitar is resonating and is that because of the bracing i always kind of you know thought that bracing was more about construction but you're saying it really impacts oh absolutely uh, bracing okay. i think it on an acoustic guitar is probably one of the main probably more than body wood or you know like a, a or what is going to affect the output and the tone of the guitar, both mm. the volume and the actual tone. And the bracing is a, a balancing act between being strong enough. Like it's easy to put braces in there and make it nice and strong, but it's going to be a very dead sounding instrument. Mm -hmm. Trying to make the bracing be as minimal as possible um, so that it, you know, the less it restricts the top from vibrating. Imagine that think of the top as like a speaker cone. Yeah. The more you put on the speaker cone, the crappier it's going to sound, right? Mm -hmm. You're trying to let it move freely, but you have all you have these, you know, wires trying to pull on it, you know, this thin piece of wood of the top. So you have to strengthen it, but you're trying to strengthen it just enough to be stable, but not enough to deaden it. So it's a balancing act, and obviously there's multiple ways of doing it. Guitar luthiers for for you know centuries have been working on that puzzle and figuring it out and you know um so one thing that he was saying also that made sense to me is that you know guitars that sound big and full and produce a lot of the low end from the back mm -hmm. can feel okay to a listener or i'm sorry i'm sorry from the player's perspective like you hear it but sitting in front of it uh. you don't necessarily get it Mm -hmm. But the idea of building these guitars that project out to the audience, you know, guitars that, you know, you think about all the classic acoustics, you know, the staples that people talk about that are canons that like you could play and cut through in an acoustic environment, in a bluegrass mm -hmm. environment, you know, um, it doesn't matter if the back is putting out a lot of low end, that's not going to translate out there, right? The idea is you're, uh, you know, Paul, we, we did a thing one time, um, it was in the big uh, theater at Sweetwater, and he had a, a private stock guitar that was a Brazilian rosewood back and sides. And all. he sat on the stage in this huge theater and, like, unplugged. The, the guitar wasn't plugged in, and he mm -hmm. was strumming it. And I stood in the very back, and you could hear it clear as a bell. Like, it, it filled the room. And it wasn't overly loud. It was just this full – it was amazing to me how much it uh, – I wanted that guitar really bad, but I'm um, even. So are are it was too much. Are all PRS acoustics have that same bracing X up front, fan in the back? The only in, uh, in one, the front. The uh, only one where the bracing differs is the twenty. Um, the twenty and it and it is in the name. The twenty is the S E A X twenty E, and that means that it is entirely an X braced. There mm. is the fan brace. Um, that is also the least expensive one in the line. You know, mm -hmm. dealing with the the top bracing and the and the construction of the guitar, um, you know, again adds to the cost when you're trying to construct this guitar with this more delicate balance of the thing. So, they there is one option that doesn't have that. And I've played it side by side. It does sound different because of it. It doesn't sound bad by any means it's just a different sound right um, and so you know we talked uh in our last deep dive about how you know a price of the guitar you know a prs guitar is largely driven by how many hours are involved in crafting that guitar sure um but uh you know but keeping the quality of 
you know, its playability and its sound. Is that true here with acoustics as well? Well, of course, yeah. Um, now, these acoustics, all the SEs, are made overseas, mm-hmm. and then they come through to Maryland and set up as all the SEs are. Mm-hmm. The only PRS acoustics that are made in Maryland are private stocks. Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't exactly know how many people are, I mean, Paul Miles, who heads the private stock team, he has a team of people that work under him, but only a handful of those actually work on the acoustics. It's a very small number of people, probably mm-hmm. less than four or five. Like, I mean, it's a handful of people that that craft the U.S. built ones. And and it's it shows in the price. Those are custom order. It's private stock, you know. Sure. So Absolutely. there is no core production model U.S. built acoustic in the PRS world at this time. They've mm-hmm. attempted to do it. The thing is, they have to find something that makes sense. You know, you know, when they figure out what it would cost for them to make one and bring to market, are they going to sell enough of them? You know, because they're really still known primarily as an electric guitar company. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing if, you know, you know, when, when a, an acoustic guitar company comes out with an electric guitar or a bass, mm-hmm. you know, it's their market share is different. People, you know, so there's... Um, I know Paul would love to build a U.S. built core production guitar, um, but right now they, it just doesn't make sense price wise. No, I wouldn't. But, I wouldn't count it out. But all of these guitars, the the yeah, the price is definitely indicative of the cost of the materials, the cost of the wood, um, and the time. But really, there's not a, you know, you're talking about. I think they start in the five hundred dollar range, and barely go up. To, I mean, none of these crest much over a thousand, you know, right. even the, the most expensive one um, is still right, right around a grand. And are these also shipped directly to Maryland? Yes. Every, and, every SE. and goes through that same quality control process before it hits the stores, right? Yep. So I, Tony, I, uh, you know, we did the festival with uh, three artists who were both PRS and True Fire artists. Um, David Grissom, Corey Congilio, and Tony McManus, who mm-hmm. is a tremendous advocate about the PRS acoustic line. He said he's, you know, been around the world and has played, you know, all as many of these acoustics as he can get his hands on. And he was very, very impressed with the quality of, you know, some of the more affordable models. Mm-hmm. So I was curious whether it went through the same kind of rigorous quality control, shipped through Maryland, inspected, looked at, you know, they probably pick one every Friday in the seven that they, you know, all the executives huddle and check, right? Yeah. And I would say like for me, you know, I'm a, I play mostly electric guitar. I play plenty of acoustic. I do, you know, bar gigs and whatever, but like in the studio, I'd say 90% of the time or more I'm on electric. Mm -hmm. Um, And to to have a, a, a an acoustic guitar that is in the eight nine thousand dollar range to me as great as it would be like bringing that to a bar gig no way you know what I mean so, <laughs> like so it's I think you know and and it it's a very different process to build an acoustic guitar than it is an electric you know and yep. the time it takes and um, so to me it makes sense to have these done in the SE line because they're just they're going to be accessible to far more people. You know, is it going to sound the same as a hand-built one in Maryland? Mm-hmm. 
Probably not. Of course, you know, the, you know, it's a, but you're talking about apples and oranges, really. Right. And to me, like the idea of finding something that is like a good value and still sounds and looks amazing. Well, I, I'll, I will tell you a quick little uh, story about when these first came out. So like when the SE acoustics first came out, they had two models. There was, and they were all the cutaway. It was just Angelus. Mm-hmm. And one was mahogany and one was, was rosewood. And that was the difference. And they were mm-hmm. cool. They sounded really good. And um, I played one once or twice and uh, I really liked them. And, um, and, and they changed a little bit about them, uh, kind of redesigned a couple things. And then at, at some point, not long, you know, as they were kind of figuring out, they, they basically pulled those guitars. They relaunched everything, everything ground up design and all these models came out. And they were relatively similar, but where the big differences were, and a lot of them was even just aesthetics. Like mm-hmm. instead of, they got rid of the rosewood one. And part of that was because at the time, a lot of the, there was issues with rosewood in crossing borders because of the CITES issues with trying. So, uh, you know, as we do that, we'll talk about specs on these. So like okay. all of the guitars have the fingerboards and the bridge are ebony on every, every acoustic they make. Um, the necks are mahogany. The numbers differ in that it you can tell the body wood by the number. So the twenties are all mahogany. Okay. Mm. So the twenty X, uh, the A twenty X or the T twenty X is a mahogany back and sides with a Sitka spruce top. The only ones that differ, the parlors, the twenties are all mahogany. So we'll mm-hmm. check out a new parlor in a second. Um, the thirties that are now discontinued were the rosewood. Uh, they got rid of the rosewood and replaced it with a 40, which is a um, uh, oven call, which is another dark wood, um, fairly similar to rosewood in its in its uh, both sound and look. Uh, and when they first came out, they were my favorite. Like when it first came out, I, I loved the 40s. Um, and I'm a big I'm a big fan of rosewood acoustics. Um, the 50s are maple back and sides. Mm-hmm. So still spruce top and there's two in the 50 line there's the 50 and the 55 mm-hmm. the 50 is a curly maple back and sides and the 55 is quilted maple back mm-hmm. and sides and then they came out with a 60 which is this one which has a zero cody i see you get a lot of reflection on it yeah um it's a zero cody back and sides another when, dark dark when one. did they come out with that one well, the, uh, all of these were released, I believe, in like 2018. Okay. Uh, um, so they've been out a couple years. Um, and as you go up from the 20s to the 40 to the 50 to the 60, the price goes up a little bit. Part of it is the, um, you know, some, some woods cost a little bit more than other woods. That's part mm-hmm. of it. But that's not all that goes into the difference in price. They all come with a lot of the same features that you would consider on more expensive guitars. Like the, the, the nut and the, the uh, saddle are bone, no plastic. Like typically, I've seen guitars that cost quite a bit more of this. They come with a plastic nut and a plastic bridge. That makes a huge difference in the tone. Mm-hmm. All of these guitars have a bone, nut, and saddle. Um, uh, the, uh, this and the bracing system other than on the 20. But the other big thing is that as you go up, it's the little subtle details. Like on this guitar, the um, the birds, the inlays are all real abalone. They're real mm-hmm. shell inlay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and up close, you know, there's 
they look amazing. They, you know, um, like all the all the um, trim on this, all the uh, binding is you can't really see it, you know, as close over Zoom, but um, mm -hmm. uh, you can see the pictures on the PRS site is all curly maple. So like even details like they're showing right there, the the little back of the um, heel of the neck. Uh, there's abalone, you know, purfling down the center. I mean, it's mm -hmm. they they look like the seven thousand, eight thousand yeah, dollars. They look beautiful, man. And um, I couldn't believe when I saw it. I was like, it, I thought it was a private stock. When people mm -hmm. walked into the PRS booth at at Nam, and they had private stock acoustics and the SE acoustics from a distance, it was like you really didn't know which was which. Mm -hmm. tell which was the seven hundred dollar guitar and the seven thousand dollar guitar. Right. Maybe. They were like, it's amazing how beautiful they look. Um, and, but they sound, they sound incredible. You know, um, I'll play through a little bit real quick. I'm going to play through it right now with the mic, the same mic I'm talking into. Um, but in a few minutes, I'll also plug it in direct. I'll shut my mic off okay. and I'll show you what the pickup sounds like. Just plug straight into my recording interface without, okay. any, you know, play, play a little for us. So, um, you know, I've got a condenser mic right here in front of me. Obviously, if, if I change positions, you'll hear a, a change in the sound. So I'll try to sit nice and still here. Okay. Um, but uh, this is the Oven Call Back and Sides T60E. Okay. Doesn't sound bad at all, especially on Zoom, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it sounds good on Zoom, you should hear it in person. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, so this this model is the, the one that I personally chose when I got to play through all of them side by side. Um, the Oven Call to me has a... And, and that model, again, is? The, the T60E. The T meaning that is the non-cutaway. So this exact same guitar is available in a cutaway version. It's just called the A60E. The E just means that it has electronics on it. And so you're you're playing the guitar that we're giving away this month, right? This exact guitar in my hands right now is the one somebody will win. This is not no, mine. no bait and switch, right? <laughs> the one, mine is sitting back there. Okay. And, um and um. And the reason why they're giving this one away was when they called me and said, hey, we're doing this thing with Truefire. We're going to do an amp. We're going to do a, a, a guitar, an S2 guitar and an acoustic. And they said, 
what do you have at your house that you can use to to do the demo because of the issues of trying to get stuff back and forth and i said well i have a t60e they're like perfect that'll be the giveaway you can use yours as the demo and we'll give one away um but i happen to be at the factory I, I had to pop by the factory to drop off something and pick up something and um so they got me this one they're like here's the guitar we're giving away take it back so perfect um, so this is the one that will be in somebody else's house before too long. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, believe, I'm being very careful. I'm, you know, no scratches or no nicks. Yeah. I'm not wearing a belt or anything. <laughs> okay, good. But um, so to me, the sound differences between them, the Oven Call reminds me a lot. The Oven Call and the Zero Cody, this one, um, I always mix those two up. I say the, the names are so fancy. Um, Zero Cody and Oven Call, both to me, are closer to what you get in a rosewood guitar. There's a little bit more low end. The top end is a little bit rounder. Um, you know, the the buzzword, it's warmer, I guess you could say, but it's, yeah. you know, um, but there's a little, it's a little more scooped in the mid-range. It's not as mid-range forward. To me, the most mid-range forward one is the, is the, the mahogany. Um, the maple by far to me is the brightest of them. Um, uh, a little less in the low end, you know, I've had questions all the time when people are like, well, which is the best one for this kind of music or that kind of music? I don't know if there is a, an easy answer for that. Um, I think if you like, if you do a lot of finger style and you, you want that mid range to cut the mahogany works really well. I'm a strummer more than anything. Uh, I also hit the guitar pretty hard, like, especially on live gigs, I dig in, I'm a, you know, you know, so I like a guitar that um, handles that and doesn't squish or compress too much. And to me, this is the one, they all did well, but this is the one to me that could kind of take, uh, you know, my, my ham-fisted, you know, bashing away at the guitar. <laughs> um, but um, they all sound great. They all look beautiful. As far as the difference between the cutaway and non-cutaway, um, with the cutaway version, you get a little bit better access up here. I don't really play up this high on acoustic very often. And I'm such, I'm just, there's something about a traditional non-cutaway acoustic that I personally prefer the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. just me. Uh, as far as the cutaway having any less volume or bass, I don't hear any difference to me. So if you prefer a cutaway guitar, this exact guitar is available in that. Um, Beautiful. So, so you demoed it, uh, you know, acoustically, miking it, right? Yeah. You want to hear it um, while you plug it in, let me do a little kind of commercial here. Yep. Um, I, I, I just, if you look, if you're watching on YouTube, underneath the video are some, um, you know, important links, right? There, the first link is a check-in link. If you just check in, you know, just let us know that you're tuned in now. You're entered into a drawing and we're giving away a $100 True Fire gift card. So, you know, easy, click it, enter, Boom, uh, hopefully we'll pick your name. The next link is the Road Trip 2020, which is that page we've been showing you where you can enter the, uh, you know, the giveaway and win one of these three killer pieces of PRS gear, including this T60E that uh, Brian's kind enough to give us a deep dive on. But there's also links, um, you know, there, there's links to... PRS site where and, and some video links on uh, both this guitar 
the single cut 594 electric um, and the Sunsera 20 watt combo amp. And the final link there, you got to check out. We did, uh, you know, uh, three just killer presentations from David Grissom, Corey Congilio, and Tony McManus. Uh, did a little True Fire PRS festival. There's a link there. It's available on demand. It'll absolutely blow your way. But listen, while you're underneath the video hanging out there, just drag your little mouse over, click that thumbs up if you would, if only to thank Brian for sharing his expertise and his time and that killer little space he's got there. Uh, we really appreciate it. And um, questions. He loves to answer questions. If you've got a question, any kind of PRS question, Brian is going to give you the scoop, right? So list it in a live chat. We'll try to get to all of those questions and let us know where you're tuned in from. Speaking of which, Tommy, why don't you shout out to all our PRS fans around the world? Where hey, are they hey, PRS fans all around the world. We do have um, some nice geo coming in. Keep that coming, guys. Uh, we always love to hear where you're watching from. Uh, today, I see we've had some folks from Manitoba, Canada, Calgary, Alberta. Panama City, Connecticut, South Dakota, Chicago, the UK, Las Vegas, Wilmington, North Carolina, St. Louis, and right across our lovely bay here, Tampa, Florida, is representing as well. So guys, thanks for that. Keep, keep those chiming in and definitely enter your questions in the chat and we'll get as many of them answered as we can. Back to you, Brad. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. All right, Brian, are you plugged in? I am. And Let's hear uh, how that actually, sounds. while you were doing that, I actually skimmed through the comments and found a couple questions, which also reminded me, I, uh, I, I checked back on the chat uh, after the one we did last time. Yeah. There was a couple questions that people had that were really good that um, That's uh, right. before the end of today, I'll cover a few of the questions that we didn't have time for last time. We can get to them real quick. Um, uh, before I plug in, I'll hit this. So somebody was asking about... Um, my favorite split coil PRS. Yeah, that's um, right. There's, I think they all do really well. One of my favorites, though, is definitely the Paul's guitar. Um, the pickups in that guitar just sound really great. I think the DGT is probably one of my top, my, has always been one of my top favorite um, single coil sounds, the way those pickups split. Um, but they, the Paul's guitar, both the SE version and the core version, have some of the greatest sounding single cool pickups from a humbucker that I've ever played. So that's a place I would look. Uh, somebody was asking me about the PRS setup versus a Plex machine. Um, this is purely my personal um, take on this. And I am not a, I do not do setups. I mean, other than basic stuff. In my experience, a, you know, a good luthier can do great work. A Plex machine is wonderful. But, you know, a skilled craftsman, you know, it's kind of hard to beat that. What I like a Plex machine for, or you know, is if you have a way that your guitar is set up and it's exactly the way you want it and you, you're super particular about it, a Plex machine can measure every aspect of that. So when you go back to your, you know, guitar tech or whoever has the Plex machine, they know your preferences and they can make sure your guitar is set up exactly the same way you want it, whether they've done a refret or whatever. Um, 
there is no one setup that's perfect for everybody. Right. Some people like their action higher or lower. You know, it's like, so a setup is a very personal thing. The, plec the benefit of the Plex machine is to find the measurements of what you know you like. PRS sets it up a certain way. Um, I love the way PRS sets up their guitars. I, when I get anything from them, I don't change it. I don't have anything that I go, oh, I have to tweak it this way. So um, to me, a Plex is just something... If you have access to somebody who has one and you have a guitar set up the way you like and you want to have it plecked to know what your specs are, great. Um, but I don't think it's worth spending the money if you pick it up coming from the factory. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no need in plecking it after that. Good advice. Hey, I have to tell you that, you know, uh, uh, as I've told you before in the first couple ones we did, you know, um, Every time David Grissom comes in with his DGT, you know, I get like, man, got to get another PRS in yeah. the studio, <laughs> right? And we've got plenty in there already. So um, yesterday we ordered the DGT. So awesome. um, nice. you inspired that sale. I hope you get a commission on it. <laughs> oh, we also, we okay. also ordered one of the parlor guitars, um, oh. which I hope you'll spend a couple of minutes just showing that off um, yep. later. Yep. But go ahead and plug in and show us what this sounds like electrified. All right. So what I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to explain what I'm going to do for a second. Then I'm going to shut my mic off uh, while I go through and play it. So I want you to hear just the pickup and not the pickup and the mic I'm talking into. So before I shut my mic off and turn this up, I'm going to just go ahead and just strum through some chords and play through. So you can hear I am plugged directly into my interface. Um, there is no EQ, no compressor on it. Um, uh, I think I put a tiny bit of a room reverb like on the send. So you might hear a little bit of that. But other than that, now I am going to be going, the volume on the acoustic guitar, there's a volume and a tone right inside. It's a Fishman made pickup and preamp to Paul Specs. Um, the, the one closest to the bridge is the volume, but the other one is a tone knob and um, you know, brightest all the way up gets darker and adds a little low end all the way back so what i'm going to do is i'm going to start off with it in the middle strum a little bit then i'm going to turn the the tone knob all the way one way strum a little bit turn it the other way so you can hear the range of sounds from the tone control um but you won't be able to hear me talking while i do it so that's why i want to explain so okay uh, no problem here comes the acoustic and here goes my mic So what you heard there was just straight out of the pickup in. And, you know, as most people know, like a piezo pickup is is kind of a, a, a necessary thing for gigs. You know, nobody's miking their acoustics and little bars and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, 
where they do not sound nearly ever exactly like a mic guitar, um, you know, finding a, you know, I, I, I've had very good results in plugging this in, uh, in a lot of different situations. It's a, you know, great sounding little pickup. I think it sounds really good regardless of whether you want it super dark and round and warm all the way one side, all the way up is bright, but it's not, you know, it's really usable everywhere in there. It's a very simple preamp. You don't have a million bells and switches and stuff like that. Um, uh, it is active. There is a battery in it. Um, the battery is located right here, uh, which is really nice because I can't tell you how many times I've been on an acoustic gig over the years where the battery in my guitar dies and it's inside I, here. I know. And I'm That's like, the oh, worst. God. You're, you know, loosening strings and trying to get your arm in there. And, you know, yeah. so this battery change can be done like that if need be. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I even like, I like the fact that it's uh, the, the jack is not necessarily up on the end pin. Not mm -hmm. that that really bothers me, but it's, it's, it's nice and quick and comfortable to get to. Um, it's just the one little box. It's the same box where the um, uh, the battery goes into. Uh, again, it's exactly how it is on all the all the PRS acoustics. The same same pickup, um, same electronics from the. Uh, the other thing is also they all come with a hard shell case. Um, really, very nice, heavy duty, good hard shell case. Not like some chipboard case by any means. Mm -hmm. um, so all the acoustics come with that. Um, and are you saying all the acoustics come with the same Fishman uh, pickup? Yes. Killer. Yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. They, they, all the, all these, uh, the parlors do not come with the, the, um, hardware, uh, the case. They have a really nice, heavy duty padded gig bag. And for a guitar that size, for like a travel guitar, um, mm -hmm. to me, that's actually a better, I, that's what I would want for it anyway. Um, and the, the parlor guitar, which I'll pick up and play for you now, um, is the only one that you actually can get without the pickup if you want. They, the, the parlor pickup is an option, uh, which is, I think, really nice. If you don't need the pickup or you have your own pickup that you want to put in it, mm -hmm. you know, you're not paying for it in the guitar. You, know, you, you, you have the option to get it without, uh, which I think is, is cool. Very uh, cool. So let's, let's pick that one up and have a look. Sure. And while you're doing that, I encourage everybody out there to, if you haven't asked your question yet, um, please put it in the chat feed and we're going to answer every single question. That's a promise. Uh, last week, there was a couple questions. Uh, somebody had asked about the difference of the pickups of a DGT mm -hmm. and the 594 pickups. Mm -hmm. um, they're both vintage inspired pickups for sure. The 594 pickups um, in the core model use a 5815 LT, which is a low turn, means low turn. It's a lower output pickup. Um, the the S2s use a 5815 S, uh, which um, is, I would say both of those pickups, all of the 5815 pickups are a lower output pickup than the DGT pickups. Mm -hmm. So DGTs are still very vintage voiced, but there's, uh, especially the bridge pickup on the DGT has a lot more mid and upper mid to me. They, they um, it's got a lot more of a growl to it, um, uh, but a lower output, uh, I would almost say like there's a little bit of a hi-fi top end on the 5815s. Um, you know, two different voices of different vintage pickups. Um, mm -hmm. I think, the, you know, for what David does with his kind of like 
edge of breakup on on an amp that has that really more like he's more of that tweed he likes the the mid-range and the bite of the tweed more than the black face scooped mid like yeah um you know listen to david's playing for a great idea of what the dg <laughs> what it sounds like uh, exactly yeah, and and i i'm i'm very similar to him in that i mid-range to me is everything like i mm -hmm. mid-range is where you live as a guitar player that's what mm -hmm. you do the mix um I love that. I I love both of those pickups. I was saying last week how much the how much I love the fifty eight fifteens. Even though I don't have a DGT yet, um, I do have a guitar that has the DGT pickups in it. Um, well, you need to get you one. Oh, I, in, yeah, yeah. in your collection. Hey, there was another question I got asked. Um, yeah. You know, in in real life, okay, about the Sunsera amps. You know, um, sure. and the question was, you know, we're giving away the the 20 watt version, right? Mm -hmm. um, which I, I would imagine is perfect for, you know, if you play a lot at home in your practice room or, you know, you have a couple of guys over, um, is, will that amp uh, suffice in a small club, say like at a local jam or something? Absolutely, I've, I've used, so when, the, when they first came out, I started with a 50, I was using the 50 a lot. Um, and part of it was, I. I do love headroom. I love, mm -hmm. the, you know, I, I love low watt amps, but I've also learned that like the main amp that I use at gigs is a hundred watts still. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. I'm backwards where everybody else is going smaller and lighter and lower watt. Yeah. I never used high watt amps back in the day. And now I'm like falling in love with hundred watt amps, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I, there's not that many places where I can use them. Mm -hmm. But, um, the 20, I actually, just got maybe about a year ago or yeah barely a year ago and um it's different it's very different than the 50 for a couple reasons uh the, i mean I, outside of just the output transformer setup being a little different um it has let it doesn't have the mid-range control there's only a single volume knob instead of two on and but there's something about the simplicity of the 20 that i really have fallen in love with but i've used it on several gigs in decent sized clubs even like bar gigs where it's just going, it's not even going through the PA. It's mm. just by itself and with a fairly loud band, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, not, you know, and it had no problem, no problem at all. It's, it's a loud 20 watt if you need it to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I would say most people would not have any issue at all using it as a full on gigging amp. If you're in any situation where you're putting a mic on it and putting a little bit in the PA, totally fine but even without that small clubs are not a problem for the 20 or the 50. very cool very yeah. cool thank you man yeah yeah so all right the parlor we're excited about this one we yeah. can't wait to get ours this is the um you know they've got the charcoal the black top and the um the natural mahogany one so they're all mahogany top back and sides if you look at this up close even though it looks black all the way around it is a little bit translucent see-through when you look at it up close. You can see the wood grain. So it really mm -hmm. is more of a charcoal, which is really cool. Um, it comes with the little black pick card that you can almost not see unless you see it in the... That one on the screen right there is the black top. So it is a solid black top with a white pick card, but it has mm -hmm. the natural back and sides. Mm -hmm. um, and then the all mahogany one. Really the differences of all of them are just the aesthetic of the, of the color. Um, the only actual other option that you have outside of the color is whether you want the pickup 
or the non, you know, if it doesn't have the E at the end, there's no pickup and it costs less money. Mm -hmm. The E will have the pickup. So talk a little bit about, I mean, I know why I love parlor guitars, mm -hmm. but talk about the, you know, why somebody would want, you know, we, if we play acoustic, we probably have a, you know, God knows how many guitars. Why do we want a parlor guitar? Right. Well, so just like electrics, every acoustic has its own personality, right? And sometimes a large body jumbo dreadnought, whatever, you know, is what you want and what you need. But sometimes it's not right. I mean, there's this is a very different sounding instrument. Um, it is it doesn't nearly have as much low end. It's a different top end. And the mid range, again, where we live in the guitar world, the mid range is completely different. So it's a little bit more focused and, mm -hmm. you know, um, but some of my favorite recorded acoustic guitar tones um, are done on small body guitars. Obviously, mm -hmm. you know, small body guitars are not a new thing, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, I think there, I mean, a lot of blues players uh, have gravitated towards the smaller body and parlor size guitars, um, but they work great for all kinds of things. In a band situation, I love the way they cut, like for recording, these things are super easy because they just fit in the mix in a really great way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, it's a different flavor. It's a different character. Aside from the fact that it's a smaller body and it's, you know, if, if, if you don't like a big jumbo acoustic guitar, mm -hmm. if, you know, it's a nice, it, for a travel guitar, they're great. Um, and is the neck a little kind of skinnier? Can you wrap your hand around it a it, little more? Slightly larger? smaller profile neck. Yeah. It's yeah. A, a slightly small. Uh, and, um, I'll actually have to look here at the specs. I believe, um, let me see what the scale length is on this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's a shorter scale length too. This is 24.72 inches. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go back to the other ones here. I believe they are like 25.3 if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, 25.3. So shorter scale, which again, changes the feel dramatically. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's less tension on, you know, with the same gauge string. Um, so let, yeah, here, let, I'll just play through a little bit. Um, this is again, we're back to the, just the microphone here. Okay. I mean, you could really just hear on that low E string. There's, it's not nearly as much low end. And in a second, I'll just flip back and forth between these two guitars so you can really hear them side by side. Perfect. Um, Perfect. But so here, let me just play a little something on this. I'll just grab the other guitar and play the same kind of thing, right? Okay. I'll just play a little E blues kind of thing, right? Excellent. of a similar thing on this guitar.
nice, man. Obviously, a much more more full range sound on this. Yes. Shimmery top end, more low end. You know, this has that kind of mid range kind of. Uh, you know, the, it, it sounds like the guitar looks. It's smaller sound. Um, but so many, like, I mean, think of all those, like, like great Clapton acoustic triple O tones. And, I mean, even going back to, you know, all the early Delta Blue stuff and slide stuff, it's like those really kind of, like, it's got that mid-range kind of, like, honk to it that's, like, so... Right. It's got a character, you know? it's It's not meant to sound like a D28, you know what I mean? It's not, it, right. and, but um, it's such a cool little, you know, texture. And the beauty of them is I believe uh, the non pickup version, like the, the, um, the SEP 20, the non electric is, if I'm not mistaken, is the least expensive instrument that you can buy from PRS, like across the board there. I, it's in the like, Four ninety nine or five, like I mean, it's, it's yeah, they're um, you know, they're listed as at four ninety nine, which yeah. I think is exceptional price, yeah. you know. Plus, which you know, I um, at first I got into parlor guitars because they were small and compact, and you yep. can kind of you know, it's easy to pack it in the back of the car if you're you know. Oh, sure. So I was thrilled. Uh, text Brian so he knows what's going on. Yeah, it's no, I crazy. can hear you. That's crazy because yeah, we still have we still okay. It's back. It's back. I think we're back. We're back. Yeah. yeah. So there's a little um, lightning here. Yeah. We're, we're the epicenter of lightning. You have no idea how many hundreds here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, lightning is like a thing, right? But you can hear and see us okay now. It looks like we're back live. Yeah. We're back. Okay, good. So here's questions. Tim Lurch, who I think you know, Tim, right? Uh, the name is, is he, uh, is he up in Monterey, I think? Yeah. Uh, he's, uh, you know, a Pacific West Coast, oh, incredible oh, oh, oh. jazz and blues oh, player. You're talking about the, you're talking about the guy who does all the finger style, like. That's right. Oh, That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. I, I, yes, I was thinking of a, yes. Uh, no, he's killer. Amazing. Just, a, you know, sweetest cat on the planet, too. Yeah. He asks if there are any plans for a nylon string in the acoustic line. I, you know, I, sometimes they they tell me in advance about things. Um, I, you know, I haven't heard anything. That doesn't mean it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Nobody has said anything to me. I've never seen any prototypes. Mm -hmm. Um I, I've seen a lot of people ask those questions, like mm -hmm. on when PRS puts up a demo video of one of the acoustics. I've definitely seen that in there, um, but nothing that I know of. But that doesn't mean that it's not happening. You know, the other okay. question I see people asking, and there was one in the feed. People often go like, "Hey, when are these going to hit the streets?" Or I ordered this thing from blah blah mm -hmm. blah in December. Unfortunately, you know, as as an artist with them primarily, and then doing demos. I have no idea about time frames. Um, I do know that they've been on a pretty heavy back order on tons of stuff. So, um, you know. Well, and plus, which this you know virus yeah. thing has yeah, for sure. you know turned the world upside down. Yeah. Um, Sometimes uh, I have to find out. I I've found out about certain guitars that are coming out. Like, like they call me and they're like, "Hey, this guitar is coming out in three weeks. We need you to come in and do a video." I hadn't heard anything about it. Sometimes I hear about events. I haven't heard anything about. Uh, nylons. Um, okay, cool. That doesn't mean that it's not. 
we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed. Um, I okay, you answered that. Uh, Mishery Salem asks. He has a custom twenty-two. How good is the factory setup? Um, it's traveled quite a bit. I, I, I guess he just received one, and it was shipped a long distance. And should I consider a plec treatment? Yeah, that was the question I saw earlier that I was kind of talking about the plec thing. You know, I, I th I've played so many guitars that have come straight out of that factory. I love the way they set them up. And they're really stable guitars, but mind you, they're, you know, they're pieces of wood, you know, they're, they're subject to, you know, a little bit of movement with time and temperature and all this stuff. So yeah, I mean, any guitar might need a, a setup depending on what it's been through or how long since, you know, um, but as far as whether it needs a plaque, I, you know, I probably, probably I, not is probably, I, th I, mean, I think the yeah, right answer. If, if and he just got it and it plays all right to him, that's the main thing. You know, a guitar, like I said, a guitar setup is a very personal thing. Um, if he's having specific issues with it, you know, as far as like the action's a little high or whatever, you know, um, you know, to your personal kind of preference, but yeah. you know, if we, if, if Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. If we heard it once, we heard it a, a hundred times over the course of this month that we've been doing these things. Uh, even David Grissom said, you know, he, he'll pull a, a PRS off of the rack and, yeah. you know, it's in beautiful condition. They, uh, and we talked last time about, you know, the very diligent and careful QC process at every guitar and how people sign the pickups. And, yeah, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pride that goes in that. And I think one of the things that distinguishes as a PRS customer myself um, is, uh, you know, you get that guitar, it is going to play and it's going to play well right out of the box. Um, if you want to adjust the, the, you know, the, the action a little bit or change the strings, sure, you know, but in a lot uh, of the we've traffic, never had an issue. When I go to, uh, to stores around the country to do uh, clinics and stuff, Almost every store has a, you know, repair person, you know, and how mm -hmm. a lot of them do, um, you know, that, you know, does repairs for the store and or make sure when the guitars, any guitar comes into the store, they go over it to make sure it's cool before they set it up on the mm -hmm. wall or, you know, you know, and I would say more often than not, when I walk in, whoever is, is there at the, each store to do that comes up and tells me they're like, man, all the PRSs we get in, I have to do nothing to. I can basically right. get out, you know, wipe fingerprints off, hang it up on the wall. They're like, <laughs> right. I spend no time having, it, you know, and the, you know, they're telling me like thanking me. I was like, I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> I just play. And and it's their fingerprints they're wiping off, <laughs> not the team at PRS. Too. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. James Brown is asking why is not the James Brown? I would presume. I would. <laughs> yes. Yes. Why is PRS choosing to offer gig bags over hard shell cases? I'm thinking of the Vela S2 Semi Hollow, not the Blues Acoustic. So the S2 line, the goal with the S2 line was to build the most affordable guitar, Maryland made, handmade Maryland guitar they can make. So they already have the core guitars, you know, that, you know, we know what the prices of those are. They're, you know, they're wonderful instruments. They're great. They're no compromise by, you know, not in everybody's price point, you know? So the goal wasn't to make a guitar that was a little bit less. It's like, mm -hmm. how low can we get the price? So, 
you know, the fact that they build a, a U.S. built acoustic guitar, the S2 standards for 999 bucks is actually if you had asked me 10 years ago, where the, would you think there'll ever be a thousand dollar U.S. built PRS? Mm -hmm. No way. No way they'll ever, ever get there. They did it. It's an amazing guitar. It's certainly not as blingy and fancy as the other ones, but they're incredible. So putting a hard shell case with a guitar, even if it's a, a $1,500 or $2,000 guitar, you put a case in it, you're paying for it. The guitar, like it will add cost. You know, whatever it costs them to manufacture that case will get factored into the cost of the guitar. So by offering it with a gig bag, they're basically going, you're getting this guitar for less because we're not making you buy a case. Right, you know? exactly. And if you need a case, they're available. So it's really just giving you a choice. If that guitar came with a case, it would probably be, I don't know, $80 more, $100 more. Of course. Yeah. So it's, and for personally, I'm a gig bag person. I carry my guitars around in gig bags. It's so much easier. Cases are just things I have to find a place to store. They're, they're piled up back here and in, the, in these shelves. And I have a storage unit to keep guitar cases because they're a yep. huge pain in my butt. <laughs> like if, you know, if a guitar comes with a gig bag, to me, it's like, great, that's fine. Yeah. It's easier to store. Um, I yeah. do get that to a lot of people, they just don't understand how you can have a $1,500 guitar, $2,000 guitar with a gig bag, but it would be a $1,600 guitar or a $2,100 guitar with a case. They're just right. giving you an option. It makes sense, man. Uh, let's see, we have any left-handed options in the acoustic line? Uh, left-handed guitars are um, rare in the PRS world. Uh, you know, they do make a left-handed SE uh, Custom 24. The problem is they have so many models and you know, making left-handed options and all of them would be very difficult, especially in the U.S. factory, because they're tooling everything in-house, um, you know, and everything has to be switched. The birds, the headset, you know, it's like, you know, you have to have so much in production to build a left-handed thing. Um, I would say, you know, I, people have asked Paul when he and I are on a clinic together and somebody will say left-handed thing. His answer is always like, they don't make left-handed pianos. <laughs> you know, it's such a silly answer. But like, like I would say to a left-handed person, you will probably, it'll take you less time to learn how to play guitar right-handed than wait. <laughs> so that being said, though, an acoustic, this guitar is easier to flip over than you don't have controls. You know, it's not, it's not a perfect answer. But, you know, you could set this up to play left-handed pretty easy. It would just mm -hmm. need a new saddle and a new nut. And the, the controls are just in there. Um, mm -hmm. It'd be a lot easier than switching an electric. Um, you know, unfortunately. And, and that's what a lot of left-handed players do, you know. My son, my, my oldest son is, is left-handed. And he's primarily a drummer. But he plays some bass and guitar and stuff. And when he was little and he would pick up the guitar, I would just put it in his hands the same way I held it. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. your life will be a lot easier if you don't have to <laughs> You're gonna use both of your hands anyway. So I hate to say that to like lefties that already play like this. Um, yeah. I don't ever see lots of left-handed guitars in the PRS lineup. Um, there's always private stocks. If you want a five, nine, four left-handed, they'll make you one. They will. But it's not going to be cheap. You know, 
I have one more question, uh, which is, uh, does PRS still make the JA-15? I don't believe that that's still a production model. Like models come and go uh, mm -hmm. for sure. And, it, you know, you know, it's really based on sales. Um, if you go to the products page on the PRS website, you will see basically everything that is a model. And the J15, I think, has been gone for a while. Um, however, everything, you know, within reason, I believe, is available in private stock. So they will make a JA15. Uh, they are out there on the used market here and there, but uh, definitely harder to find. Um, but as far as right now, it is not a production model. Cool. Um, you, as always, man, were terrific today. Super informative. Um, and we really appreciate you, you know, taking the time this month to, to, to do these things with us. Glad to do um, and I've got a feeling we're going to be doing a lot more PRS, PRS things together. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so uh, I just want to draw everybody's attention below the video. The first thing you should do is go click that thumbs up button uh, and uh, to, you know, thank and share your appreciation for uh, Brian's excellent deep dives on these, you know, the amp and the two guitars. And then again, all of those links below, um, you have, you can, you, you, you have until June 1st, which is, when is June 1st? Is it 30 Monday. days? Okay. Monday. So you still have some time, go over there, uh, earn a couple of days worth of entries and you might be walking away with, uh, an acoustic an electric or a great PRS amp. Um, you've also got all of the links to PRS, to the videos, to, to the spec pages and um you got to check out that prs festival those guys did a fabulous job and good gear rundowns there as well um thank you brian you're yeah. so awesome man as uh, i'd love to do it um oh and oh one thing i did uh, remember too there was a question last week somebody somebody brought up the s2 studio and I completely yeah. had a brain fart. I was. You are so thorough, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are so thorough. Go ahead. It um, I, because I was thinking in my mind, I was thinking special. There's a special model and a studio, and the special is, was never available in the S2. But I, I totally forgot the guitar they were talking about was a limited run. Came out about two years ago, I think. Um, and it was like a limited three month order window, and it was um, so yes, I know the model they're talking about. It was a, uh, I believe it had the um a Starla bridge pickup and two Vela pickups, but it was, it was like a hum single, single pickguard trim. Um, almost it was, it was before the, the mayor guitar came out, but it kind of got into those fendery single coil worlds. It was an incredible guitar. If the silver sky hadn't come out, I would have one of those for sure. They're a little <laughs> different for sure, but it's a, if you can find one of those or if somebody got their hands on one or was curious about picking one up, if you can find one, grab it. They're amazing. Um, I don't know if they're going to make it a model down the road. I would love it if they did. It's it's a really cool guitar. Awesome. You're the best. Great job, man. Thank you so much. And yep. we'll talk soon. I think we're going to talk next week, actually. Yep. All right. Later, man. Have a good, good luck, week. Everybody. See you soon, Bye. man.